We are here in City Field, night two, Dead and Company. We this got, is Trisha. I've been influenced. We got <laughs> We're here again. We're here again. Trish the and magical Sean ticket drop. have also joined us. It They're just, on the it bus. Keeps happening. They're not they getting off. They tried to kick them off the bus, but they wouldn't leave. They won't leave. They're here for, they're here for good, I think. I don't know. We've been influenced by Jeanette and Matt. So stay tuned to our next episode. Because you're listening to the, the pod, pod that Jane, Jane likes. <laughs> this is a DMB Society podcast. I got a little sister named Jane. And this is the pod that Jane likes. And now, here are your hosts, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt, and Sean. Hey, hello. Welcome back to the pod that Jane likes, and welcome to another one of our special mini-episodes. If you are new around here, these mini-episodes are a little bit different than what you might be used to. In these episodes, we select one topic, uh, a current event topic most of the case, most of the time. Um, and then we have an, an entire episode, a mini episode, where we talk about that. And, and that's exactly what we'll be doing today when we take a look at Ed and Company. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my friends, Jeanette, Trisha, Matt. How's everybody doing? Hi, Sean. How are you? We're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the struggle bus. I we can only struggling. imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, the idea was to get on the bus. Nobody's you know, specifically said it wouldn't be the struggle bus. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so people didn't lie. Uh, to recap well, that- everybody, to, to kind of set the table, um, we uh, normally, uh, if you are tuning into this, of course, you're aware that we are Dave Matthews Band Podcast. And uh, in the last week or so, we yeah. decided to hit the road and check out the final year of touring for Dead & Company. Um, some of us checked out more shows than others, Matt and Jeanette, but um, regardless, we, uh, we thought we would take this opportunity to chat about our experiences, share some insight, uh, a whole lot to talk about. You guys uh, ready to jump into uh, Dead & Company? You sure are. Well ever be. You sure are. Let's do it. Uh, you know, uh, when, <laughs> the, uh, when the band Dead & Company announced that they were uh, that they were doing a final tour. Um, for me personally, uh, there have been many times in the past where I have seen a band on a regular basis. And I can't say that I was seeing Dead and Company on a regular basis. So they were popping up on my TV on a regular basis because mm-hmm. I was watching a lot of their streams. And especially during uh, the pandemic, they were broadcasting a show a week. And I really, I really fell down a really uh, a deep rabbit hole. And there have been some bands in my past that I went to see and didn't know it was the last time that I was seeing them, whether it was, you know, a certain iteration of a band like DMB, for example. I was lucky enough to be at Leroy's last show. Obviously didn't know that Boyd was going to be leaving and Butch was going to be, you know, there, there are many different times where I saw somebody and didn't know that that was going to be it. And so it was really important to me this summer to... Uh, prioritize Dead and Company for that reason. I feel like I needed to, I re- I really needed to live in the music for um, you know, for a week and a half, and um, you know, come to terms uh with it that 
they wouldn't be touring anymore. And so um, decided to uh, originally like sort of stay on tour, but then because of various schedule changes and, and uh, other odds and ends, uh, ended up taking in how many shows was it, Jeanette? Five, Five. shows yep. over the course of like 10 days or ten so. Day, yeah. With the last four shows being in five nights. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> it was yeah. a lot, but, uh, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, and worth every second. Uh, it was just a, a week to remember. Yeah. And for me, Matt, Matt has a very similar uh, love story with the dead that I have. I, you know, I grew up kind of hearing them. Uh, my dad had a lot of their albums and um, I have two uncles that that identify as deadheads. So I, you know, it's something that was in my past, but I never really got into them. Their songbook always kind of um, overwhelmed me. Like there was too much to like wrap my brain around until the pandemic. Um, and they they gave, they they played a live stream every Friday and Saturday. Grateful Dead on Friday, Dead and Company on Saturday, and I got so into them. And I think they kind of saved my life during quarantine in a way because mm. as much as I love Dave Matthews Band, it would make me very sad to watch Dave Matthews Band live streams because I should be a I should be at those shows <laughs> where like Dead and Company was new and fresh and something I could dig my teeth into and learn about. And I just got super into them. So. You know, since then, I have tried to take in as many shows as possible. And like Matt said, with them announcing a final tour and knowing that these are the last times you're going to see them makes it 100% extra special. Yeah, the two of you definitely had this planned out for a long time, like as soon mm -hmm. as they went on sale, Absolutely, which of yeah. course, I don't operate like that. However, we did decide that we were going to do one show together as a pod in Philadelphia, which was a great time. And that was my first Dead and Company show. Uh, I grew up, my dad was a deadhead. He followed the Grateful Dead around. Um, and then, of course, the last year or two, I really just fell in love with John Mayer and his <laughs> talent. And so I was excited to do this one show in Philadelphia. I will say, obviously, my baseline for large concerts or Dave Matthews Band, I was completely overwhelmed seeing the crowd and not in a bad way but more like an awe like it was a lot of people in attendance at these shows I would guess it's probably three times GMB when you count all of the people that are there selling things and not going to the show so I thought it was just such an incredible experience and it was fascinating to see this culture truly be of all ages that was the mm -hmm. other thing that was really mm -hmm. fascinating. Like you had the original hippies that were older and then you had these cool Gen Z kids singing every lyrics and you're like wow, these are probably the kids and the grandkids of these deadheads <laughs> going to these shows. Mm -hmm. So it was truly amazing um, that this music and culture is going on strong for decades, decades. Right. Why don't you tell us how you did not just go to one show? Oh, right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it's so interesting because Philadelphia happened and it was overwhelming. And I'll tell you, um, Jeanette and uh, Matt, especially, uh, if you want to just say more to this, we went to an after party. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so my body was bent and broke, broken after Philadelphia. The music was incredible. I was like, oh, my God, but that was like a lot on the body. I can't do this again. But SPAC happened in between Philadelphia and City Field, which was Matt yeah. and Jeanette's next show. And clips from that and like seeing pictures of the lawn, it was it was oversold but incredibly huge. And I started to feel the itch as it got closer to City Field. And so... Last minute, decided to go to City Field, 
and I, the overwhelm was gone. I was kind of like, all right, I know what to expect. This crowd's going to be huge. It was such a fun and incredible night. And then, you know, pretend it like I wasn't, (laughs) pretend it like it wasn't going to go to the second night. And then miraculously (laughs) got tickets at 6.30 PM. So yeah, I mean, the music really, uh, carried on, uh, so yeah, it was it was really. I think the the attendance for City Field was like forty two thousand strong. So it was really beautiful. Everyone was so chill and nice, and just literally there for the music and the music only, yeah. or whatever was in the helium balloons. I don't know, but they, <laughs> you know, it was. I thought it was super inspiring, and I will say proudly that it's amazing that John Mayer was able to carry this music forward. I know that that is controversial to some people, but he was in, he's incredible. I think it's I think it's worth adding into the conversation um, in some ways uh, coming from the world that we come from going to see Dead and Company or following following them around for a, a week or two um, kind of becoming fully immersed into this music is in some ways paying respect almost to the you know what mm-hmm. came before us mm-hmm. um, so many parallels I, I think in a lot of ways it's safe to say that uh, at least in the capacity that we know it, and and we've talked on this podcast before about who DMB's influences are, and maybe musically, The Grateful Dead wasn't a direct influence, um, but in terms of how to conduct yourself and carry on a tour and grow a fan base, um, mm-hmm. in so many ways, the Dave Matthews Band took a page out of The Grateful Dead book. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you know you can go on and on, whether that's, uh, the fact that from a very early point in the history of our band, they were making uh, tapes available to anybody who wanted them. Uh, tapers were allowed to come in, record everything, and they could freely be traded. And then you, as you fast forward, um, we get into 1996, and the Dave Matthews Band inherits the Grateful Dead sound system. If you listen to Live mm. Tracks 4, for example, um, that was the first night in which people got to hear this new sound system that the Dave Matthews band inherited. So there's been all of these um, similarities, maybe not necessarily in terms of the music, but in terms of what has made this band, what they are. Um, and I, and, you know, I, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, I think while, you know, seeing dead and company for the first time. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it, it, the whole grateful dead culture, you know, there's so many different sort of like ins and outs, I find. And I think there's so many people who are there for so many different reasons. Yeah. And that, um, you know, feels overwhelming. Uh, there's a Grateful Dead lyric uh, that says the music plays the band. And I truly believe mm. that that's the case here. Like, you know, and like the music never stopped is also kind of a mm-hmm. cliche Grateful Dead lyric. But I think it's so applicable because like everybody who was there with us just like wants to move the music forward, uh, Mm. especially, um, you know, as somebody like Bob Weir, who's in his seventies, you know, is up there playing, you know, out of his mind every night and just doing an incredible job as is Mickey Hart, who's, you know, they're the two uh, original members who are still in the band and they're just, you know, playing their hearts out every night at you know in their 70s they could be relaxing on a beach somewhere Mm -hmm. but they want to keep playing and keep pushing things forward and um you know it's it's really interesting because i feel like um you know 
other bands sort of in this genre i'm not going to put dmb in the same genre as the grateful dead because i think they're very different but um it's going to be interesting to me with with a band that has the following of dmb you know we've talked about it a couple of times before what's going to happen when you know such and such a person decides that they don't want to be in the band anymore you know is somebody going to be replaced is there going to be a spin-off iteration you know this this really is a spin-off of of the grateful dead but it's it's the most spin-offy that you can get to still being uh you know sort of original Right. Grateful Dead. You know, there's Phil Lesh is out there doing his thing. Bill Kreutzman, who was supposed to be on this tour, uh, he's out doing his own thing. So there are other iterations that you can go out and catch. Um, and I may have tickets for some of those over the next the next few months. <laughs> but this really is as close as you can get to, you know, sort of the original. And I just think it's so interesting that, um, you know, it's still it still feel like it really feels special watching watching them play. Yeah, um, and there, there's just something there's just something extra about it, you know, that just I don't, uh, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, uh, you know, compared to DMB, but there's just something extra there, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I I liken it to when the Grateful Dead did their fairly well um, concert back in I think it was 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't into the Grateful Dead at all, but I ordered it not knowing any music really whatsoever. And I was just like, I feel like there's something pulling me and saying that I need to watch this concert. And mm. so I did. And it just felt like it was the right thing to do. You know, hmm. I, can't, Gen- I can't explain Gen- it. I think genetic question for you um, as the person here in our group that uh, has been to the most Dave Matthews band concerts, Dead and Company, the, the tour is still ongoing. There's still a, a number of stops, depending upon when you're listening to this episode. Um, what can you tell people who maybe have never seen Dead and Company? They've gone to Dave Matthews Band shows. If you could, if you could summarize what the experience is like, um, maybe not so much the similarities, but but the differences or the things that um, over the course of these couple of shows that you've attended. Um, what, what's kind of the, the, the difference between what we're used to and what this dead and company tour is like? Sure. I mean, there are a lot of similarities, you know, you got your, your regular tailgating scene. Um, but there, you know, they, what I will say about, uh, the, the dead, dead and company shows, cause those, those, that, that's all I can speak from is that, and you know, they've, they've, they've brought in things like Shakedown Street, which was an, uh, originated at Grateful Dead shows, right? Where, you know, they have all these vendors and and you, you're tailgating, but you're walking through all of these vendors and they're selling food and they're selling drugs and they're selling lot shirts and they're selling, mm-hmm. you know, pipes and they're selling, I mean, all kinds of things. Um, Jeanette wouldn't it, know anything about lot shirts. Yeah, no. you didn't buy any shirts. Buy any lot shirts. <laughs> None. That's about <laughs> three in one day. But anyway, um, you know, there there's they've just taken the culture to the next level. Like it's like, like, yeah, we go to Dave shows, right? We buy lot shirts from some guy, but there it's not, it's not, this guy's not following the band. You know what I mean? This guy's not, doesn't, isn't into the music. Right. Like these people are, they eat, sleep and breathe this band. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't, um, but there's something different about it. Like it's like become, it's their culture. It's their lifestyle, yeah. you know? Um, and not only that, like Trisha mentioned before, like everybody's chill, everybody's nice. And there's, and, and like you said, it's, you know, this band has been around for way more decades than our band. Right. And the, um, different Twice generations. As long, right? Yeah. Longer right? than yeah, we've been alive. Yeah. 
Way right? longer. Way longer Way than we've been alive. So you you know you think like and, and like you said the multi generations that were there you know like Incredible. I think it's there's something to be said about that timeless music that everybody wants to listen to and I think ultimately yeah right I think Matt mentioned like people are there for different reasons but I I think ninety five percent of the people are there for the music and um I think there's something to be said for that right I think that the fact that like somebody in their twenties is listening to the Grateful Dead now when they weren't mm -hmm. even close to being alive when they started, or even their parents might be even a little too young for it, are are listening to, you know, are list coming to this show and listening to this band. I think that's incredible. And that speaks to the writing of the music, the performing of the music. And yeah, Trish, like Trisha said about John bringing, you know, I, I listen, any other iteration of the band hasn't sold out a stadium. So, you know, that's, that's, that's something to be said. And it's, and, and, you know, one of the things that I took away from this leg of the tour is they, uh, they've never sounded better mm. and it's bittersweet that this is the end yep. because they've, they've really hit their stride. And I'm like, just really, how could this really be the end? You know, the they, sound, know. Yeah, yeah. they sound so good. John Mayer's still young. The fan base is so young. Where are they going to go? I mean, like, John Mayer's really young, but, but you know, he's throwing his back out. Yeah, to reference that, what are the what are the shows that we went to? Uh City Field Night One. Um, second set, John comes out and announces that he's thrown his back out and he needs to sit down <laughs> for the second set. The youngest man in the band, let's remind you. <laughs> oh, poor John. He didn't poor miss John. a beat though. He didn't sounded, miss a beat. He sounded great sitting down. Like an animal. Yep. I jumped on the bus with you all she did, but i did. stopped at fenway and i definitely want to hear more about fenway but go ahead matt and then i definitely want to get that review oh i was just gonna say i mean we we were treated to some incredible performances jeanette and i had our list of songs that we had to hear in these five shows mm -hmm. and um what was amazing is there were four songs that i needed to hear the fourth song was played night one of fenway so like night two was just you know, there, there were no expectations. There was nothing that I needed to hear. There was, you know, I was going to be happy with whatever they came out and played. And um, that made it awesome. But um, there were some incredible, incredible performances. Uh, you know, we got to hear Fire on the Mountain a few times. Eyes of the World in Philly, which uh, we also got to hear again at City Field, um, which was just, incredible. you know, otherworldly incredible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as I mentioned, I think uh, it was my one notable thing in our last podcast, and we just touched on this real quick, that that was the first Grateful Dead song that DMB ever covered. Um, so it just has, there's, just has a kind of a special feel um, being a, you know, a big DMB fan as well. Um, and then there were just some, you know, just those, the Grateful Dead, uh, also have a lot of just amazing quiet songs. There's a song standing on the moon, which we heard, um, I think in Philly, and then they played it last night again at Fenway. Um, and it, it's just one of those that like, you know, it's, it's just magical. such an amazing magical thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and, uh, so yeah, uh, you know, overall review of Fenway, um, both nights were incredible. Night two was st 
steamy, steamy hot. Hot? In there. Oh. It was so hot. Like, we were in it, soup. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like they were running out of waters because people like were drinking. Like, you just felt like you immediately were dehydrated as soon as you walked in there. Oh, gosh. Um, it was, it was steamy. Um, and, uh, but the people were, were amped up. The crowd was awesome. Everybody in my section was dancing, going crazy. Um, I, I can't say enough good things. And it was so nice for me to end my run at Fenway, um, mm. you know, a place that is near and dear to my heart being from Boston sure. and, uh, you know, loving the baseball team that plays there. Uh, and so that was, uh, that was special for me. And, and it was, uh, was and it was a Sunday show. Never missed. And it was Sunday. Sunday it was a Sunday show. It was a Sunday show. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I uh, like I said, the 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 past week and a half was just incredible. I'm still processing. Um, you know, one other thing I wanted to say, actually, in terms of like the culture, Trisha, you mentioned that we went to an after party. Oh um, right. We, Jeanette and I, and some other uh, uh, bus jumpers yeah <laughs> people that got on our bus got on our bus mm -hmm. uh we also attended the after party in boston um if you uh are into this sort of thing uh this artist that we saw is um uh, her name is lp gob she's uh really young and is a uh, house dj but remixes grateful dead tunes as well as some other um sort of like jam bandy slash like classic rock stuff and she was just like incredible like incredible mind-blowing i'm not into that music whatsoever like i don't listen to house music ever um i have been known to cut a rug sometimes but <laughs> this like for whatever reason this combination of things just like hit me you know right in the feels and i just like love every minute of it and the thing i wanted to say is that her parents were and are they're still alive deadheads who um uh -huh. you know gave her this appreciation for the music she went out and discovered house music and then found a way to like Mech you know incorporate this and then yeah. this ended up being the official dead and company after party like dead and company was posting about this so you know it's just uh, again talking about like pushing the, mu the music forward right um, awesome. it was just such a treat and was also the was versatility so of this music right like like right. again timeless. like you couldn't like I actually, I, I have an, I have a, a alter ego that loves house music. <laughs> so um, for me, it was very, it was very, uh, it was awesome to hear, to hear it combined like that. You know, um, her stuff is very trancy, which, which I, which I adore. So I, I really, I really, really enjoyed both of her after parties. We had a great time. Danced yeah, our faces off. And Matt, in in some ways, um, might be underselling just how popular uh, these after parties are. Because correct me if I'm wrong, the after parties um, not only sold out, but the tickets were available uh, on secondary sites marked yep. up for resale. Correct. Which is which is how we which is how we had to get them yeah. in Boston. Yeah, in like, Boston. Kind of in Philly, I think we the, in Philly, I think started. we got them for face value, and then Philly by was the face time... value. By the time Boston rolled around, we couldn't get that. Like we had to get them secondary. Yeah, word was wild, out. We paid like wild. we paid like twice face value. Yeah, for the tickets, so awesome. It, it definitely it speaks cool. volumes to um, what this music is, and and I I also think that uh, the fact that all of these years later, with you know, Bob Weir uh, as the the lead singer of the band uh, in his mid seventies, 
the fact that all of these years later, this music is still evolving and growing every night. Obviously, these are songs that were written decades ago and performed mm-hmm. countless times. Uh, but even going to see, uh, even if you're able to, to see this band a couple of times, uh, that the music just continually evolves and grows. And it's, it is really something to take in. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Well, yeah, they played a song called They Love Each Other last night. Um, and uh, it was much more up-tempo than they normally play it. And it turns out that this is like they wrote it on the set list afterwards that it's uh, called like 73 style, meaning that in 1973, for whatever reason, the Grateful Dead changed it up and played it more up tempo. And, you know, I was trying to I was trying to liken that to like some sort of like DMB thing. And all I could think of was like, you know, the different outros to Jimmy thing, like right, if they right. went back to like the for what it's worth outro from like, hmm. you know, what is that like? Oh, three, oh, four, something hmm. like that. Like, is that what we would say? Like, oh, hmm. they're doing like Jimmy oh, three style. Or whatever. <laughs> but it was, still, right. it was still or maybe like, like recently if they don't do the outro, you know, like how mm-hmm. they used to, used to go into water wine instead of yes. doing that, you know, something like that. Yep. But yeah, not changing the, the whole melody and tempo of the song. You know, I mean, it was that it's it was it's basically a different song, you know, which but it's but same lyrics, Mm -hmm. you know, but still so cool. And, you know, that's not the only song they do that to. They've they play Friend of the Devil slow, but they also play a more up tempo version. So I I think that's that creativity um, throughout the years, this band trying different things with their own music is incredible. Yep. Well, I kind of want someone to do some DMB house music after party. (laughs) Well, if in Mexico, if you came to the silent disco, uh, <laughs> you might have heard that. <laughs> I'd have to try again. I couldn't walk after Mexico. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It was no LPGOB. I'll, I'll let me let me preface that. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> so I thought it would maybe be a fun exercise as as we kind of uh, wrap up this mini Dead and Company episode. Um, kind of in traditional pod that Jane likes fashion, if we could go around the room and maybe pick one song that you would recommend, that each of us would recommend for somebody that's new to Dead and Company or new to the Grateful Dead music. Jeanette mentioned earlier, and, and this is something that I can really relate to, the Grateful Dead and Dead and Company or wh- whichever iteration of this music you find yourself jumping into can be very intimidating. There's an yes. awful lot out there. Um, it's it can be very difficult to know where to to begin. Um, you know, we 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 put out an episode uh, a while back introducing somebody to the Dave Matthews Band, and and I know when I was getting into the Grateful Dead, I could have certainly used something like that because it mm-hmm. it's, it can be overwhelming. There's a whole lot. So why don't we go around the room and um, now that that we've seen a number of shows, let let's let's each pick one thing that maybe people could could check out and and why you found that to be so special Jeanette do you want to take a stab at that first I do uh, I'm gonna give you a give a little uh uh another another reason as how I got into the band um when I the first time I did go see them I saw them in 2019 at Madison Square Garden and um if any if there's any Bravo fans out there Andy Cohen mm-hmm. is also a huge deadhead and he was taking Jimmy Fallon to his first dead concert as well so Jimmy Fallon's first dead concert was the same as mine right so the weeks the maybe 10 weeks leading up to that show Andy Cohen posted three Grateful Dead songs a week 
on Instagram and made Jimmy listen to those three, just study those three songs each week. Um, and you listen to different versions of it, listen to the recorded version, listen to different live versions, but only those three because it does get overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so he still has a post on his Instagram page in his favorite. So if anybody ever wants to do that or ask one of us, give me three songs each week, I'll give you three songs each yes, week. Yes, I would do that too. Right. Um, <laughs> however, if you're going to pick one song to, to jump dive in, I would um, choose Fire on the Mountain. Um, it's the first song that I fell in love with. Um, I think it's classic Grateful Dead. It has that Grateful Dead vibe. You can dance to it. It's, um, you know, it's got great lyrics to scream out loud. So um, I just that's that's the one that I would go to first if 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 I was brand new to the Grateful Dead. Matt? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a song that, uh, is not my favorite song. It's not the first song that I heard, but I just think that it is quintessential everything. And you could really just take such a deep dive. Um, and that song is a song called deal. And, uh, the reason I say it is because dead and company absolutely crushes it. John Mayer is incredible on it, um, with his guitar and vocals, um, Jerry Garcia obviously was incredible. So you can go listen to older versions of that song. And then I would highly recommend, as we were talking about the after party, LP Giobi does her own version of it um, on her Garcia remixed album. So you could listen to all three of those and just like go down a deal mm. rabbit hole. Yes. Trisha? Uh, I'll go with the song called Althea. But I will yes. pass it to Jeanette or Matt to tell the people why that's an important <laughs> song. Because, because it's I was like, this is Althea. <laughs> John Mayer song or the reason why he's yeah well uh, yeah apparently John was like walking through a hardware store or something like that and it came on and he was like what is that guitar like what is that and he went home and tried to learn it and that that was his introduction into the Grateful mm. Dead and then he just became their hugest fan so the fact that you he became a huge fan of this band like later in his life as well and now plays lead guitar and sings for the mm -hmm. band is Incredible. already incredible right but yes absolutely Althea is a great choice Sean what about you I think it's a great oh sorry Trisha go ahead <laughs> no that's okay I mean Althea I thought was an important song but I would say I was transcended by a song called Morning Dew so I would choose either of those yes because that song wow, that song girl, stuck with me Dew, yes yeah. Yeah. well I, that's because we were all after the song we were like Whoa. Like we I mean, that I, was a great. If I had to pick a moment of all five shows, morning that morning, do probably is number one. I mean, wow. that was right. that moment yeah. was incredible. It was a morning yeah. do for the ages. Yeah. yeah, it stuck with me. So, I love that, Sean. So I think for me, I'm the first thing that I'm going to mention is. Jeanette was talking about a, a way to get into this music, and, and I just thought I would share the way that I found helpful for, for me getting into this music. And, and this was kind of back at the start of uh, the pandemic, but there's 
uh, a really fantastic documentary called The Long Strange Trip. Um, uh, yeah. It's a number of a number of episodes, uh, six or seven episodes, I believe, and and it kind of spans the Grateful Dead career. But I found it um, as like a really approachable way to a get to know who these people are because I mm-hmm. think that matters, and then b kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts of uh, the music and and why the music became what it was. So um, that's just a, a quick recommendation for anybody that's brand new or maybe if you're not brand new and you haven't seen the, the documentary, it is so well done. It's it's a fantastic watch. If, if I'm picking a song, though, I think, interestingly enough, I'm not necessarily picking my favorite song or a song that maybe is even, you know, in my top five or so. But after taking in estimated profit in mm. person um i it's 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 an experience i i was blown away by it and i think it is such a fantastic in a nutshell a fantastic version of what dead and company is because mm-hmm. it's still bob leading leading the show right. it's it's very much a bob song mm-hmm. but musically it has this incredible uh backing from O'Teal and john and it it's it's just, um, yeah, to, to me, it, it was, it's what Dead and Company represents. Um, you know, it's a little bit different than the Grateful Dead. And um, that's a good thing. That's, that's uh, you know, different people have different opinions on the way that this music sounds. But that was the one song more than any that I, I walked away thinking, wow, this is, if I have to pick one song to sum up Dead and Company, that's what my song is. So I think that would be my pick for somebody that wants to, you know, get into this music. Guys, I'm really proud of your choices. I know, me too. Well, I have to you say, know, I, you, I get on the bus, man. I love it. If yeah, <laughs> if you're a listener and you you're overwhelmed and don't know where to start, um, yeah, I didn't know a title or a lyric, and the music just took me away. But to recap, uh, "Fire on the Mountain," "Deal," mm-hmm. "Althea," "Morning, Morning Dew," and Morning "Estimated Dew. Profit." Estimated Profit. Yes. Yeah. Go check it's them a, all out. Check, and check out. That yeah, and check out. Grateful Dead versions as well as Dead and Company versions. For sure. All on Spotify. For sure. um, and, and the documentary that Sean mentioned is on Amazon Prime. Um, oh, so yes. Good call. Absolutely check that out. Good call. There's also another documentary called The Other One that's on Netflix, I believe. And it's um, just about Bob Weir. And because he's the one that's still around. I mean, Mickey and, and they're all still around, but like he's the one that's kind of leading Dead and Company. It's also a good watch. It's a, it's a it's very good. Yeah. Bob Weir's awesome. a legend. Yeah, and if if in addition to all of that, if you have the opportunity to see this band before it's all said and done, I think I can speak for the rest of us in saying we certainly recommend it. It's uh, whether you're into this music or not, it's an incredible experience, and uh, it's one that um, I know I found myself very fortunate to be a part of and and to take in in person. Um, it it really is a um, it's an experience. I, I, it's a, it, that, that's the word that I, I keep going back to. It's, it's, it's just really an experience. And we wanted to take a, a, a little bit of time to share our experiences with you. Um, so we, we hope that you enjoyed that. And of course, next week, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program where we're diving <laughs> back into the Dave Matthews Band. Um, if you're enjoying the pod that Jane likes, whether it's our mini episodes or whether it's our regular episodes, um, do us a favor. Uh, leave us a review, like, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Um, We're having a whole lot of fun 
doing this each week and, and we look forward to continue um, continuing down that path as the summer tour progresses. And uh, yeah, anybody else have some parting, uh, a parting thought or two before we sign off? I have one more thing to say, uh, which is in terms of checking the band out, whether you can see them live or whether you can see them on your TV, um, one really awesome thing is you can order any of the shows uh, on nugs.net. Um, it's, uh, I think it's like 30 bucks for the show. Uh, the quality is amazing. Sounds great. It looks great. But one of the other really cool things is that, um, so uh, different than DMB, except for uh, the two sets years and very early on, Dead & Company always plays two sets of music. And on YouTube, uh, you can watch the first song of each set for free every night when they're playing. Um, and live. it's all live. live. Yeah. It's all, it's all yep. live. And boy, is it like a tease and it entices mm. you to want to order more if it's mm. a, you know, if it's a hot start. So, you know, if you're looking for, if all of our recommendations, uh, you know, don't cut it and you're looking for something like more random and you just want to dive right in, just watch on YouTube, you know, uh, any given night that they're performing and you'll get to watch the first set or the first show, sorry, first song of each set for free. <laughs> and then you can decide if you want to order it or not. That's a great call. Awesome. Yeah, Nugs is great if, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, I believe that they have a free trial. Certainly makes it worth um, at least sinking your teeth into and seeing if it's something for you. And, and I know they have, I believe, the entire 2022 dead and company tour is available for streaming as well. So if you want to yep. kind of get into the back catalog of what this whole dead and company experience has been, that's a pretty fantastic way to do it. Great, um, great idea and great recommendation on your part, Matt. So for Matt and for Jeanette and for Tricia, I'm Sean. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and we will see you uh, right back here next week um, here at the pod that Jane likes. Thanks everybody. Bye, see you on the road. Bye, see you on the road. Peace out.